we know you can't get enough of your favorite flavors. Luckily, Kroger Free Pickup makes it easy to grab what you need without any surprise fees. Whether it's extra buns for the barbecue or those chips you just can't quit, start your cart with the Kroger app. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply, subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide, including AM 580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, WPUL AM 1590 in Daytona Beach, Florida, KOHI AM 1610 in St. Helens, Oregon, KHRO AM 1150 in El Paso, Texas. And for more information on becoming a professional broadcast affiliate of the Exxon Radio Show, visit www.xzbn.net or call toll-free worldwide 1-800-610-7035. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All Hit Radio To the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Everybody likes a celebration. Happy music and conversation I'd be lying if I said I didn't have the blues In the corner there's a couple dancing From the kitchen I can hear them laughing Oh, I wish I was celebrating too And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, which is on the shores of Lake Ontario between Toronto and Niagara Falls. If you'd like to give us a call toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is exxone at exxoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxoneradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Pam Killeen. And uh, Pam collapsed with chronic fibromyalgia and multiple chemical uh, sensitivities and was forced to learn how to get well on her own. Now, during her recovery, Pam studied nutrition and natural health, 
Pam saw countless cl- countless uh, clinicians who had very good intentions but were dangerously misinformed about health and nutrition. A lot of the health advice Pam received made her much sicker. Now, consequently, Exonation, Pam has become very discerning when it comes to any kind of health information she reads or hears about. Pam has a university degree or two in the areas of language and education. Because of her health challenges, Pam was unable to pursue a career teaching languages. After recovering from chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and multiple chemical sensitivities, however, Pam decided to teach others how they could get themselves well too. Now, if you simply want someone to manage your disease, you know what? Pam cannot help you. However, if you are fed up with feeling sick and tired and truly want to get well, then Pam can help you and help you get yourself well again. Her website, www.pamkilleen.com. And Pam, welcome back to the X-Zone. Thanks for having me back on. It's great to, to hear your voice again. Well, it's great talking to you, too. I understand you've got a brand new book coming out. I sure do. It's called Addiction, the Hidden Epidemic, Common Sense Solutions for Our Number One Health Problem. So I'm very excited about it. It's a topic that, uh, you know, I think needs mm-hmm. to be addressed. And uh, unfortunately, the, the topic of addiction and, and mood disorders, because they go hand in hand, tend to be the elephant in the room today. People don't want to talk about these subjects uh, but they, they really, uh, you know, the, the situation has got out of control right now in terms of what the impact yeah. that it's having on society, and we need to do something about it. Well, I'm looking forward to talking to you over the next hour about uh, addiction, the hidden epidemic. You and I will be back in about two minutes from now. Please stand by. Thanks very much for joining us. Exo Nation, Pam Killeen is our special guest. www.addictionthehiddenepidemic.net That's www.addictionthehiddenepidemic.net We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, uh, let me see you stream as well as Star Cable. I'll be back. Don't go away. Celebration, happy music and conversation. I'd be lying if I said I didn't have the blues. In the corner, there's a couple dancing. From the kitchen, I can hear them laughing. Oh, I wish I was celebrating too. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. Pam Colleen is our special guest. We're talking about Pam's new book, Addiction, the Hidden Epidemic. 
And one of the biggest risk factors for developing addiction is depression. Over 90% of people suffering from addiction and 70% of people struggling with depression do not seek treatment. Why is this, Pam? Well, I think there are a few reasons for it. One it has to do with stigma, you know, shame and guilt behind having these conditions. And another reason has to do with the fact that really in the conventional world, they don't have a lot of answers for people struggling with those conditions. In the traditional uh, recovery treatment centers, they have about a 90% failure rate. And as we've seen more and more in the media, more and more research coming out showing that the antidepressant medications are simply not working for people, especially when it comes to mild to moderate depression. Uh, where severe depression is concerned, sometimes the antidepressants can work. But, you know, this is, this is across the board, uh, number one, it's the number one disability mm-hmm. in North America is depression. And it's costing society billions of dollars. And coupled with the fact that these people are more at risk for developing addiction, which is then, you know, creating a domino effect on society in terms of the cost. Uh, addiction alone is costing in the U.S. is costing the U.S. economy about half a trillion dollars every year. What it's, type? Of, what type? What type of addiction are we talking about here? Are we talking about alcohol? Are we talking over-the-counter prescriptions? Uh, what kind of addiction? Well, I, I basically go across the board and talk about the uh, addictive behaviors in okay. general. So. Uh, it can be gambling, it can be, uh, you know, uh, internet addiction, gaming addiction, it can be, you know, drug addiction. It, it, it really, the precursor to me to what I'm concerned about and what the therapists in my book are addressing is how do you fix the biochemistry so you don't have these addictive cravings in the first place? How do we then, you know, normalize society today so that uh, when we're tempted by so much addiction today because we're living in a highly addictive environment, mm-hmm. Uh, so how do we uh, then not get lured into being addicted to anything, pretty much? And and that's the, the that's the real issue I'm dealing with in the book. And the therapists in my book who uh, run addiction treatment centers, uh, these people are having about an 80% success rate in curing mood disorders and addiction using basically natural uh, remedies, nutrition. Do we know why people get addicted when they're depressed? What is the physiological or the psychological um, catalyst behind it? Well, what they're finding in these centers is that uh, there's definitely some biochemical uh, dysfunctions going on. You're seeing problems with thyroid, with adrenal, with blood sugar. There's nutrient deficiencies, and there's toxicities such as heavy metal toxicities. And mm-hmm. this is a common pattern that you see with, uh, with um, addiction. So this uh, stereotype that people who fall into addiction come from, you know, dysfunctional families or they start addiction when they have emotional trauma, really, I mean, that, that's certainly not, not something we're ruling out here. But at the same time, what's been disregarded, what hasn't been taken into account is their biochemistry. And when their biochemistry is dysregulated, it makes them more prone to developing addictions. You know, when you just take a look at the newspaper or you talk to your friends, your neighbors, your family... These are not very good times that we're in, and I'm sure that there's a lot more depression today than there was, let's say, 15, 20 years ago. That's a, that's a terrific point. As a matter of fact, we're 100 times more likely to be depressed today than we were even 100 years ago. And, and so depression or mental disorders, or if you want to call them mood mm-hmm. disorders in general, are certainly on the rise, and they're expected to get worse. Earlier, I mentioned that uh, depression is the number one cause of disability in yes. North America. 
Well, that situation is actually getting worse every year, and the World Health Organization is even saying that depression is going to be the second leading cause of disability worldwide by 2020. So this has tremendous repercussions for our children and for the addictive state in general. We have to be very, very careful. We're walking on thin ice right now as a society. And when I talk to people about this situation, when I talk to grandfathers, grandmothers, you know, I talk to a lot of people, they say to me, Pam, you've got to get this book out. Uh, you know, we see problems with our grandchildren. There's, there's definite issues going on. And because of the shame and the guilt associated with these conditions, people don't seem to want to talk about it. But I think it's time we talk about it. Why is there shame and guilt associated with these conditions? It's an illness. It's a fact of this person's life. Why should society shame them or put them in such a, a position where they can't get the help they need? Yeah, it's, it's, I suppose it's because it's a weakness. It's, it's a sign of people believe it to be a sign of weakness. When really, I think if they were to see uh, their biochemistry, when they were, you know, if they were to go in and get their mm-hmm. thyroid, their adrenal, their blood sugar levels tested, and I mean properly, not uh, you know through OHIP standards, because they're not going to get the proper testing here in Ontario. Uh, there's some great labs in the United States that do terrific testing, and when you see it on paper then you can say to yourself, ah, oh, this is a physical problem. It's not a mental problem. And these, these uh, uh, things that are going wrong in your body can be corrected through using very clear, very targeted nutritional protocols. Does the fast food diets that we're all guilty of taking part in have anything to do with the increased number in the mood diseases as well as the depression that, that are being... that that we're talking about? Yes, it's a great question. Over the last uh, 50 to 100 years, of course, as we've seen, uh, you know, the quality of our food decline mm-hmm. dramatically, of course, that corresponds with an overall decline in our health, not just our physical health with the rise of cancer, heart disease, and diabetes, but the rise of mood disorders and addiction and things like that. So we, we do see a correlation. And the science does show that when you starve your body of certain nutrients, it can manifest itself as a mood problem of some sort. So if you're deficient in vitamin B12 or B vitamins in general, if you're deficient in uh, omega-3 fatty acids like DHA and EPA, if you're deficient in another fatty acid called called arachidonic acid, you're going to see potential mood problems, sleep problems, and all of these things can manifest. So, you know, what what we've seen happen essentially, Rob, over the last 50 years in particular is that we have declined or we have decreased the amount of animal fats that we're eating. Uh, you know, there was a very clear demonization campaign that started in the early 1950s that said, you, you know, animal fats and cholesterol joined the dark side and they caused things like obesity and they caused things like heart disease. And we now know through good science and common sense that this is just not the case. In fact, as we've been reversing or decreasing our consumption of animal fats, we're sicker, fatter, and more depressed than ever before. So we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's not the animal fats that are contributing to the decline in our mental or physical health. And, and this is what, uh, and this situation is going to keep getting worse because even as, as we speak, the USDA food guidelines for 2010 are suggesting that we decrease our consumption of animal fats uh, or saturated fats, as they're known, from 10%, which is very low, which is, you know, absurdly low, dangerously low, to an even lower amount, to 7%. And so this is why we're going to see more and more depression. Uh, if you look at the research, you'll see low-fat diets are connected to depression. 
Uh, low cholesterol is connected to depression and mood disorders. So we have to start looking at, at good science and common sense in order to turn this situation around. And as we've been, of course, scared off of eating animal fats and cholesterol, mm -hmm. we have increased our consumption of carbohydrates. And when I say carbohydrates, I basically across the board mean plant-based foods. And these plant-based foods that we've been increasing over the last 50 years are nowhere near as nutritious as animal foods. And so because we've been switching one food for another food, we've gone from eating nutrient-dense foods to nutrient-poor foods, and in switching to these nutrient-poor foods have starved our nervous system. Does, does this have something to do with what we're seeing in children today, the obesity, the... Uh, the the mood disorders, the ADHD, uh, the the prescribing of Ritalin and other pharmaceuticals. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and this is the, the scary part of it all. Is as we've been uh, medicalizing our children, of mm -hmm. course, we're making them more vulnerable to have being on uh, who knows what drug when they're older. Um, so you know, instead of feeding and nourishing their brains now, uh, they're basically being given chemical constraints. Uh, in the form of things like Ritalin. And, uh, you know, these drugs have some devastating, even fatal side effects, depending on which drug they've been given. So essentially what's happening is, is carbohydrates dysregulate blood sugar levels, causing things like hypoglycemia. And when you dysregulate your blood sugar, that can dysregulate your mood. It can make children manifest, uh, you know, symptoms like hyperactivity or uh, with, but they can be with, socially withdrawn. So they can be, uh, it can be misinterpreted and be called things like ADHD, which is the ADD with hyperactivity, or it can be manifesting as, as more of a social withdrawnness, which is more like the ADD or attention deficit disorder side of things. So, you know, um, this, is, this is really something that can be, you know, I have a, a medical doctor, a, a, psych, a psychiatrist in my book, who does not put his children, his, his patients, on medications. Instead, he, gets, he educates the parents about nutrition. He teaches mm -hmm. about the problems with caffeine, which is another subject we should probably talk about. And he gets the kids off the caffeine and, and reduces the amount of sugar dramatically in their diet, puts them on three square meals a day, and these children turn out to be very normal, very bright kids without the hyperactivity or the ADD. You know, going back 15, 20 years ago, uh, depression was hardly heard of. Today we hear about depression, even though it is one of society's dirty little secrets. And we look back, people were happier back then. We, we Oh! You know, it's, it, it's day and night. It's incredible, Rob. When I was doing research for this book, I looked back into some research that, that indicated that even during the, the Depression in the 1930s, mm -hmm. the Great Depression, we were happier then than we are now. And theoretically, we're supposed to be happier because we have more stuff, right? I mean, the more stuff we have, the happier we're supposed to be. That's what the marketing tells us, right? Yeah. And ironically, ironically, as we have more stuff today, we're less happy. So, you know, and as I think um, with this economic downturn, and they always refer to it as a recovery. We're going through a recovery, which mm -hmm. is interesting to me because that's the term they use in addiction as well. <laughs> and so as we're in this recovery phase of this economic downturn, I think a lot of people have had a wake-up call and said, you know, we've been buying a lot of things that we don't really need. 
we want yes. them, but we don't really need them. And and I think that there's going to be a shift of consciousness going on within society as Gosh, we start to reevaluate so. our priorities. I hope mm-hmm. so. Pam, stand by. You and I have to take our break. Exxon Nation, Pam Killeen is our special guest. www.addiction thehiddenepidemic.net that's www.addictionthehiddenepidemic.net we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada don't go away You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www dot xzoneradiotv.com is our special guest. I've got to tell you something. She's got a great new book out. It's called Addiction, the Hidden Epidemic. Her website is www.addictionthehiddenepidemic.net. Why do traditional treatments for depression fail so, so harshly? Well, because depression it can be caused by multiple factors. And one way that I like to look at it after having had chronic fatigue for so many years is mm-hmm. You know, there's no pill to overcome chronic fatigue just as equally as really there's no pill to overcome addic- uh, a depression. And, of course, when I had chronic fatigue, my adrenals would have been fried, you know, my, uh, my thyroid, my blood sugar, all problematic. Uh, but there's some very clear nutritional deficiencies, and no medication is going to be able to override that. So, for example, Prozac will not ever replace uh, a B12 deficiency, an omega-3 fatty acid deficiency, you know, so we really need to put the nutrition back in in order to support our nervous system, and, and in that way, we can all relax and calm down and live in the moment and, you know, just have more peace in, in our lives and make better decisions in our lives. So uh, this is really what it's all about. This is one of the big reasons why I wrote the book is because people simply are, are feeling so much depression and so much anxiety today and they're grabbing for caffeine or they're taking prescription medications and actually simply making themselves sicker 
because that's what these drugs do is uh, what they're doing is they're stimulating neurotransmitters in the brain and as your body becomes dependent on an outside stimulant, uh, your body actually stops being able to make these neurotransmitters on their own. And so, you know, that's where the dependency comes into play. And when you're, you're in that dependent mm -hmm. state, of course, uh, even with something as simple as or seemingly benign as caffeine, it can actually really deplete uh, your, your adrenal glands and make you more tired or more depressed. So we really have to be sensitive to that and look at the underlying problem if we're going to be able to uh, fix this epidemic. You were talking about caffeine before we went to the news break, uh, and uh, one of the one of the doctors that you were talking about actually suggests taking kids off of anything that has caffeine in it. And people are saying, kids don't drink coffee. There's more than coffee that has caffeine, Exonation. Nation. A lot more. <laughs> exactly. Look at the caffeinated beverages. Oh, thing. my gosh, yeah. We just went through the Winter Olympics and, and these kids' heroes, what are they endorsing? They're endorsing things like Red Bull. And I'm telling you, they're so loaded with caffeine, these poor kids. I'm sure they don't know up from down after they've had one of these drinks, you know. I, I mean, you can have symptoms mm -hmm. with caffeine at 40 milligrams. That's basically what you'd find in a fairly weak cup of tea. And, and uh, you know, still it can be a significant amount of caffeine for a, a tiny little body. So, you know, these children have developing brains. And, you know, we want to make sure that their brains develop properly. And I know when I was a kid, and probably you too, Rob, but when you were a kid, it was unheard of for children to be taking in it with anything with caffeine. And because they knew it's a drug and it can uh, it affect the brain. But today, unfortunately, you see kids lining up at coffee shops and they're drink either drinking coffee, yes, or some sort of special coffee, or they're drinking these caffeinated beverages, and it's like nobody's regulating it. Nobody's, you know, doing anything yep. about it. They don't really seem to think that they, they understand the long-term consequences of it. And they're getting, and I can understand that, because they're getting mixed messages in the media where, you know, some research will come out and say coffee is good for you. Well, you know, I would beg to differ. In the psychiatrist manual, dsm 4 it says right in there that caffeine can cause depression and anxiety. You know, coffee, caffeine itself can deplete the body of some very key nutrients. It can deplete the body of its own neurotransmitters. Mm -hmm. So it has a lot of negative side effects, and the media, unfortunately, doesn't talk about these things. But if you look it up, you'll find it's there. The, the information is there. You know, Craig just passed me a can of his favorite uh, beverage. It says, caffeine-free diet. Now, I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, okay, caffeine-free, uh, but let's see. Oh, what is this? Sugar-free calorie cola. And then I see aspartame. Yes, aspartame. Oh. You know, uh, the head of the FDA, Dr. David Kessler, just wrote a book uh, recently called The End of Overeating. Mm -hmm. And he talks in this book about how the processed food industry and the drink industry as well, they know what they're doing. They're making food and drink addictive, and they want us to be addicted to their foods and their drinks. And that includes things like sugar and aspartame, sure. MSG, you name it. And so they know what they're doing. They want you to keep buying that product. They don't want you to just have it once a week. They want you to have it every day. And, uh, you know, that's why they have those types of ingredients in there. So, you know, warn your, your producer there. <laughs> Aspartame has some pretty serious consequences, including um, the potential of developing brain tumors. Well, you know, I've been on his case from day one, but you can't teach an old producer new tricks. No, no. 
but you know, I understand it's an, it's a very strong addiction, mm-hmm. and it can be very difficult for people to come off of these uh, foods and drinks. You, you know, but you're not process. just going to you're just not going to find caffeine in in drinks. You know, there's caffeine in breakfast cereals. There are there's caffeine in baked products. You can't get away from it, and and I'm just wondering who is behind the influx of caffeine into all our foods. Well, I mean, it's it's a very profitable, uh, sexy way to sell foods. The more claims a product can make, the more it more likely mm-hmm. it will sell. And because so many people are so tired and drained today, they know they can get away with it because people are going to gravitate to these substances because they do need a lift. Their adrenals are not working properly, and they need some energy. So they will very easily be drawn to these uh, substances these days. I mean, chronic fatigue, when, you know, I look at, when I studied, studied chronic fatigue back in the 80s, when I collapsed with chronic fatigue, there was a, at the university, they did a survey, a phone survey, to see how many people were affected by this condition. And it was some, somewhere to the tune of ni- uh, about 10% of the population. So, you know, and that was back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And now I'm seeing more and more and more of it. I mean, I have a, a friend of mine who works at the school board in the, um, and she goes into the schools and works in the offices. And in the mornings, she sees kids lining up around the corner to get their late slips because they can't get out of bed in the morning. And if that isn't a huge red flag right there, I don't know what is. So I have a tremendous amount of concern because of my own personal experience. And I see these kids and I think, you know, that they're so tired today, they can't get out of bed. What is going on? What's going to happen to them in their 20s and 30s and beyond? You know, if they're already having troubles right now, uh, you know, getting out of bed in the morning. Children are supposed to be jumping out of bed in the morning, excited about the day. And that's just unfortunately uh, not happening to the extent it should. Well, you know, you've got to look at the whole picture here. And I think uh, that 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 is part of the reason, uh, the majority of the reason. But we also have a totally different society than when you and I were kids, where mom would say, go outside and play. And you had to go outside and play. There was no if and or but we didn't have the luxury of sitting in front of the tv and playing with these xboxes and these other electronic games we didn't have the pleasure or the opportunity of sitting in front of a computer screen all day and surfing the net you know if you wanted to call home you went to the payphone put in the dime and called home you didn't have your little blackberry or your ipod we are living in a very lazy society I'm glad you raised that point because I do have a, a section in my book on video game addiction and internet, internet addiction. Mm-hmm. Of course, I use that term very loosely. Even the psychologist I, rec- I interview in the book, he doesn't like the term addiction either, and I, I'm glad that he doesn't like that term. But it, it encapsulates something that is a problem today, and, and it does have to do with the video game addiction issue. And, uh, yeah, I mean, kids are hovered inside, and yep. they're not outside getting the sunshine that they should and the fresh air that they should. Uh, and, and unfortunately, of course, that's depleting what's, you know, a lot of, there's been a lot of media on the vitamin D issue. And so, of course, these kids, if, because they're inside, they're going to be deficient in vitamin D. And vitamin D, by the way, is crucial in the formation of your neurotransmitters like serotonin. So, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's a natural process to be out in the sun getting fresh air. And unfortunately, like you said, these kids just aren't doing it. Uh, we're t- turning these children into cave people, exactly. you know, <laughs> keeping them inside. <laughs> you know, you, you said something a little while ago about uh, the addictiveness of certain agents and properties, that how if you take something, your body will stop producing it. Now, 
Does that its own neurotransmitters? Right. Yeah. Now, does that mean when a person takes Prozac, for example, that their body, if it isn't producing neurotoxins, will stop because the drug is replacing it? Well, what happens with uh, with uh, like Prozac, for instance, what it's doing is it's keeping the serotonin in the synapse longer, mm-hmm. and and pre- preventing it from being. Uh, reuptaken up into the synapse, so w- up into the um, actual uh, neuron itself. So what happens with things like Prozac, unfortunately, uh, the side effects are pretty severe mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, they're creating potentially too much serotonin in the brain, which could then actually cause obsessive-compulsive behavior, oh, uh, number one, and number two, it can cause uh, homicidal and suicidal tendencies. And this is what we've been seeing happen, unfortunately, uh, with some of these school shootings and so on, is some of these drugs, including things like Praxel, you know, they can cause uh, homicidal and suicidal tendencies. And I think it's nine or eight out of 12 of the school shootings, these kids were actually taking some sort of psychiatric drug, which is very mm-hmm. shocking. And, and unfortunately, the media is not covering that side of the story. I think so. the biggest drug we ever took in school, when I was going to school, and yes, I wore shoes to school, Craig, thank you, uh, was was the Vicks cough candy, and you had to have a note from your mother asking the teacher to give you permission to have a Vicks cough drop when you were when you had a sore throat or cold. Yeah, I mean, you know, today it's just gotten out of control. We tell kids to say no to drugs, and unfortunately, you know, they're even dispensing <laughs> things like Ritalin at school. Oh my God! We no wonder the kids are confused. They're very confused. They're seeing their parents and their grandparents taking drugs out of their medicine cabinets in order to alter their moods. Yeah. I mean, basically, numerically speaking, it's our parents and our grandparents today who are the true uh, druggies today. They're taking so many medications. They may be legal medications, but they're taking a lot of medications, and they're sending a terrible message to their children to say that you can only be happy if you're taking a pill. And essentially, you know, if you look at the book uh, Brave New World, written by Aldous Huxley, he... Yeah foreshadowed a lot of this behavior that we're seeing in society today. He tried to warn us about this, and it's exactly what he he told us would happen. Do you know, I was talking to a pharmacist uh, a number of months ago, and he was telling me how kids in high school go to the drugstore, and they're able to buy the ingredients to make some of the most deadliest over-the-counter concoctions that anyone could ever imagine. These kids are having what are known as farm parties, P-H-A-R-M, farm parties. And they're basically going into their parents' medicine cabinets and, you know, taking whatever they find there and they go to have a party and they put all the drugs in a big bowl and they pop them and get their high. They don't know what they're taking, but the, the tragedy in, in that, of course, is, you know, we're going to see children die mm-hmm. uh, doing these types of things. But they, they go into it very naively thinking that it's because it's a legal drug, because it's been approved by the FDA or Health Canada, that it's a safe drug and they can do these things. And, and these types of incidences, these farm parties are, yeah. are proving to be, of course, very, very dangerous. And uh, I don't think these kids really know what they're, they're doing. Here's another statistic that I found deplorable and very shocking. A tablet of oxycodone on the street is selling for $80. You can get a hit of heroin for 5 Mm-hmm. Yeah, the prescription drug addiction is the, one of the biggest problems we see today, even in the emergency rooms. I have some statistics in my book showing just how bad uh, the addictions are from those uh, analgesics, from painkillers. And yeah. uh, it, it, it's just the magnitude of this is just absolutely incredible. It's costing 
that that particular type of drug, that uh, OxyContin, mm-hmm. Oxycodone, all those drugs in the United States are costing the U.S. economy about $8 billion because of the addiction problem. Uh, and hundreds, if not thousands of lives are being lost every year because of that one particular addiction. And it's overriding, you know, your typical street drug addictions. It's, it's overriding things like heroin and cocaine and crack. This is a bigger problem than those typical street drugs. According to Craig, he called up a number of pharmacies here in the Hamilton area. The number one OTC uh, elixir of choice for kids. You ready for this? Cough medicine okay, with codeine. Cough medicine with codeine. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an opioid. It's a it's manipulating the endorphins in the brain. It's giving people a bit of a high. You know, and uh, unfortunately today, because we are so, we have starved our brains so mm-hmm. much, we no longer know what it feels like to have a high naturally without the use of a chemical. And uh, that's what I hope I can deliver that message in my book is that you can do this on your own if you choose the proper foods during the course of the day and don't damage your brain by starving it from eating these foods or feeding the brain the wrong foods. Yeah. Listen, you and I have to take our final commercial break. Pam, please stand by. Always great talking to you. Sounds like you've got another fantastic book here. Exonation, Addiction, The Hidden Epidemic. Pam Killeen is our special guest. Check out this website, www.addictionthehiddenepidemic.net. That's www.addictionthehiddenepidemic.net. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue talking about addiction. Here in the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, HD UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and of course, Star Cable. Don't go away, we'll be back shortly. When I'm alone with you. Remember that song from way back when by the Rolling Stones, Mother's Little Helper? You know, that used to be a dirty little secret. Oh, Mom's on Valium. <laughs> or look at Mom, she's a little tipsy. Martini time! But you know what? Looking back then to uh, the problems we have today, it's, it's, it's day and night. I'm not saying the problems oh. back then weren't justified, but you know what? It's day and night tonight. Uh, you know, today the problem is real. It's, it's you know, we read about it in the newspapers. We see it on TV. We listen to it about it on the radio. And, of course, my guest this hour, Pam Colleen, is doing something about it, Exonation. Now, I want you to do something for me. I want you to go to your local bookstore, and I want you to ask them where the book by Pam Colleen, Addiction, The Hidden Epidemic is. If they say they don't carry it, get them to order it. Number one, it'll save you on the shipping. Number two, this book has to get into your bookstores. People have to read about it. They need to know this very important message. And uh, here's two websites, www.addictionthehiddenepidemic.net. 
Okay, that's www.addictionthehiddenepidemic.net. And Pam's website is www.pamkaleen.com. That's P-A-M-K-I-L-L-E-E-N.com. And Pam, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. What would you like to tell the Exxon Nation? Well, I, I just want to emphasize that, uh, you know, this is a problem that society has to fix together, that uh, this is it's gotten out of control and no longer can we, you know, ignore this problem. We have to work on this issue together. I'm going to be, you know, sending copies of the book into medical schools, uh, to recovery centers, to government officials. You know, I plan on doing a widespread campaign to create awareness around this problem because it's crippling society. People are losing their, their hopes, their dreams, their families because of this problem. And, you know, people who are struggling with addiction are dealing with a very clear biochemical problem. It can be reversed. Like I said, the people in my book who are curing this, uh, th- these conditions, both mood, mood, the mood disorders and addiction, are having about an 80% success rate. Wow. So it can be done. Quickly, Pam, I'd just like to talk to you quickly about one of the chapters in your book that I found rather interesting, The Rise of Pro-Addiction Diet. Yeah, and there I get into just how uh, we've fallen into this trap where the this nutrient-depleted diet mm-hmm. is actually contributing to this problem because our nervous systems are so depleted, uh, we therefore have to turn to stimulants, have to turn to drugs or addictive activities in order to make us feel alive. People feel numb today. They don't feel joy, and then they, they natu- naturally will turn to a drug or an addictive activity in order to bring... Uh, give them a high that they're missing naturally, that they should have naturally in their bodies. And it's just not happening today. So, you know, the, the, this depleted diet that we're following is actually setting us up for this addictive, addictive uh, uh, epidemic. And the other element, of course, with this addictive environment is that we have so many more things to become addicted to. So we are extremely vulnerable, vulnerable today as a society. Pam, you and I have to say so long, but this is such an uh, such a very important topic. We're going to have you back on next month because we still have a lot to cover. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for bringing this book Thank to our attention. And Exo Nation, once again, the name of the book is Addiction, The Hidden Epidemic. www.addictionthehiddenepidemic.net and www.pamkaleen.com. That's www.pamkillen. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. We'll be back. Don't go away.